Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. I'm H.J. Conrad, coming to you from Brooklyn, along with my intrepid co-host from the West Coast, Stuart Tiffin. Hello, Stuart. Ahoy, H.J. How are you today? I am. I'm fabulous today. Um, but even more so because we're talking about, you know, the the second half, I guess. Or is this the second third? Second maybe? third of the last season of the OG Walking Dead. And uh, today we're going to be recapping, reviewing episodes nine and ten, No Other Way and New Haunts. And um, only a tidbit of a news item today, not, not a dearth of news this week. Um, but the new Doctor Strange trailer is out and, you know, not not too. It's a good trailer. I'm kind of excited to see it. Did you see the most recent Spider-Man? No, right? I have not. I've been remiss. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any multiverse. I think there is multiverse stuff in that. There right? is. There's a bunch of Spider-Man. Yeah, that there much is. I, that much I know. There is. And they make actually reference to the the zombie animation piece at some point, which okay. I won't, I don't want to give away too much. Um, what I will say is that I just watched this and had miraculously somehow I, I was in some ways deliberately avoiding spoilers for it. So I think it was much more delightful to me than it was to Bill, who had listened to a lot of reviews of it. Um, so I think some of the fun things were not a surprise to him and he therefore enjoyed it less. So. Um, but I, I had a fun time with it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and in any case, uh, Dr. Strange sort of continues that idea um, that they're going to take a bit of that animated, those animated things and maybe incorporate it into this new uh, film. Um, and I don't recall, when is it out? It's out in... Oof. Is it at the end of the trailer? I, I didn't. I it didn't was watch. probably at the end of the trailer, but um, in any case, May just 6th. Kind of, yeah, very soon, May sixth. Pretty soon, so pretty soon. Um, so anyway, that's that's about all. Like, I just not a ton of news this week for some reason. But um, one of the other things that came up in my search for news, and it's not exactly zombie, it's not at all zombie related, but Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon project hmm. has like a really big, impressive cast. It's a sci-fi picture he's doing. The, the, the article was like, oh, it's going to be such a huge deal that it's going to get split into two movies. Huh. The thing that I did not realize about this was that apparently he pitched this to Lucasfilm and they passed on it. And then next Netflix was huh. like, we'll just do it independently. So it's kind of it's going to be Star Wars. It, it can't be Star Wars adjacent. Like it's not even a distant cousin, but it's going to feel, I think, like it could a little. Have been in the Star Wars universe. Huh. That's kind of interesting. I, I guess he's like all in with Netflix, right? So I guess so. I guess we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um but um I think we have some things to talk about with these next two episodes. Are you ready to hop in? Yeah, I mean I want to know you 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 sound upbeat compared with where we left off with Fear of the Walking Dead. So do you like get into an Angela Kang space and right away you're like, oh, this is where I belong, you're getting comfortable. Um, I don't know if it's just because Fear the Walking Dead was so bad and this felt like a relief, um, which is entirely possible. Um, <laughs> I definitely have some some criticisms of a few things, which I I have a feeling you probably have an idea of what I'm, my criticisms might be more to do with the the new haunts than the first episode. Although, you know, um, I think that 
the storytelling at least makes sense to me. <laughs> um, but um, just, you know, for those of you like who were with us before, who maybe are catching up, this is, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. So I just want to make sure we, we throw that out there. But where, where we left off was that Maggie's group was um, basically trying to infiltrate their old compound. And they basically had this, insane weapon the reapers had an insane weapon on the roof um which was this firework explosive thing that um what was it called a watcha or something um and this was their way of sort of taking out the herd that maggie's group had brought in um in whispering fashion um i like there's some things about this part that i'm like i don't know that this would have worked but i did like how maggie and her her team have an i like they understand the the hiding places in this in this compound um it feels a little weird that the reapers wouldn't have discovered some of this stuff but whatever um and you know i i think that the thing that i i just have a harder time sort of dealing with is that they have built up the reapers to be this kind of insane force, right? Um, they're supposed to be special forces trained. I just don't, I, I still have a hard time believing that they still wouldn't have been able to take out Maggie and her team, given the fact that Maggie and her team are pretty, they're decimated in numbers and people are very injured. I don't yeah, know. What yeah. do you think? I, I like the fact that the Reapers are as menacing and as capable as they are. Um, they, you know, and they have a backstory that would support that as opposed to other groups that these, these guys have faced who were just really yeah. mostly numbers. And like, this is a, that was putting this bat on its head by saying there's only about 15 of these guys, but each one of them is more than a match for three of our heroes. And then yeah. you have that hallway fight at the end of this episode or toward the end of this episode that really just like, like hammers that in right. Yep. The fight with Carver and everybody else. Uh, and I thought that was actually kind of excellent. Um, it, so I, I enjoy the fact that they've, they've switched it up because for too long, it was like, Oh, you think you've killed all the saviors? Yeah. You've killed 200 of them. Guess what? There's 500 of them. And you're just yep. like, Oh my God, this is getting exhausting. And the whisperers, we never really had a sense of how many of them there were. And they always had the, uh, herd card to play so i'm enjoying to an extent the the reapers but to your point of uh you know maggie's group is is beat up and everything yeah remember how many people they left alexandria with yeah uh, all of all of those um blade blade movie extra (laughs) like minor extras uh who all died in at the end of last third of the season i guess as well as alden who was left in the church I'm struggling to remember. I think he got hurt in that fight in the empty mall. Yeah, maybe. he did. He did. Yeah. Um, but when, when we when we get to his chapter, we'll have to talk about the circumstances of of uh, what happens to him in this episode or before this episode, I guess. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought that this was actually pretty interesting. I I'd completely lost track of how many Reapers are left. Like it's kind of a weird place to start, I guess, for a, a second third of the ep- of the season. Because mm-hmm. there's a, there feel like there's a lot of context that was maybe more clear at the end of last, or where they where they ended months and months ago, and where it picks up. But otherwise, uh, I was I was having a good time with this part of the story. Maybe the stuff in Alexandria I was a little less enjoying, and yeah. not only because the the Judith 
I feel like Judith doesn't really pull her weight as much as she usually does in this. Yeah, this is weird. Scenes. Yeah, well, how did you how did you like those the the basement flooding scenes and everything? No, I mean that's I felt the same way. I was much more interested in the Reaper Maggie conflict than I was in in Alexandria, but I do think that it it definitely did a good job of showing that Alexandria is just in pretty dire straits. Um, they've got multiple things going on. They've got um, Judith and Gracie in the basement dealing with uh, the walkers. Um, I also feel like their sort of decision to go down and let them all fall down the stairs versus taking them out in the doorway like that. Um, they probably would have had a little bit, although it is a pretty narrow space, but um, like Judith especially knows how to do this. Um, and so that felt a little strange to me. And it was also like a lot of cuts, like, okay, every time we look, there's more of these walkers coming in. And we know that there were some adults upstairs, like that could have probably helped out there. Well, you saw what they were facing though. Like I did. I that did. Was a I, tough, did. So, like, I, I really liked the, the stairway scenes. I think that like yeah. going up, I mean, where the adults were. Yeah, no, it's great like fighting them off. Uh, it, it does seem like after you probably put down, I don't know, four or five, that the stairs would become impassable. True, and so it, it, all we saw was scene after scene of them, like taking out walkers right there at the base of the stairs, but uh, they just kept coming. And I was like, I don't know that that maybe it would work that way, but, uh, but I feel like it would, it would, they would just create a wall after not right. too many zombies. <laughs> right. And then, you know, uh, but I did think that the visuals were very cool of the basement because you've got, you know, they take out the walkers, but if they're still animated, they're this huge danger, which uh, we yeah. which we definitely see a little bit later when they finally get rescued. I feel um, like Walking Dead has often teased the idea of a sub, uh, an underwater, a submerged walker, but never really followed through by saying, yeah, you're walking to hip deep water, or in this case, it's higher than that. Uh, a zombie could just bite you on the leg and you would really have no idea it was there until it was too late. Right. Like right. It's, it's like we had swamp scenes in some of the Savior War episodes, but they would always like stand up and get out of the water, but to attack instead of like, maybe there's a crawler down there, you know? Yeah. Like that's still some, some territory that they could explore. Yeah, definitely. And you know, and, and then we see even more of that, actually, with Aaron, when he goes, he rescues uh, Judith and Gracie. Um, he does a pretty good job. I mean, he like crushes a head just with his hands and his mace, uh. um, he, he his hand and his mace rather. Um, and then but then he's in pretty dire straits. And, you know, but suddenly he's like crawling along that that like yeah. pipe that breaks like and this, it's they, actually they if, cut and he's been rescued. And it's like, well, how did they get that rope? Yeah, there's like they kind of do this a little bit with him there where, where we do not see how he gets out. So I don't know what happened here, but this is a little unusual not to show it. Um, a bit, yeah. But um, but in the meantime, it's sort of like everything is going to hell. So while he's rescuing them, the the mill is burning, the windmill is burning, and they're worried that this is going to open up a breach that will let way too many in. And it's also attracting them. I felt like they did a really good job at showing like that they are really at the end of all of their resources. Um, they're trying to plug up breaches all over the place here. They have no food. Um, the walkers are definitely like all over the place. Um, so I thought that that was pretty good to show where they were, um, which highlights the the end of this episode and why certain people might make choices that they do. Um, and then with the Reaper side of things, um, you know, I do like how Maggie's group knows this like secret little thing in the the hospital ward 
that's kind of cool. The infirmary, like that little secret like uh, room. I do, you know, the Reapers aren't dumb people and they've been here for long enough that I feel like they may have discovered that, but apparently not. And there's like a couple of these little hidey holes, right? Like yeah. where Daryl like had to find it something behind the blackboard in the room, although it wasn't clear if that was just like a covered door or something, but um, you know, and Gabriel I, I, had found that sniper rifle initially. Yeah. Uh, at the uh, last uh, before their last uh, finale. And that was another like secret package that, uh, yeah. She'd left behind. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they've seeded this. And Angela Kang talks about it in her, like, you know, showrunner speech at the end where she's like, look, Maggie was a, a, a specific kind of leader. She mm-hmm. had things like bells and buckets of sand around for, for you know, reasons. And uh, I thought it was also interesting, like, the different rooms that they went into. Like you said, the school room, there's a church, there's a chapel. Yeah. There's a, a medical. Like, they are really trying to show what this place was under... Or, you know, Early vers- with versus. with Maggie's uh, group who are complete, like they're all dead except for Elijah, I think. Right. Yep. Yep. I, no, there's, there's three or four of them who you see at the end of the episode, they're always wearing masks, which I feel oh, okay. like is weird. I mean, it's not weird in COVID for us, but it's weird in the walking dead to have people who have half their faces covered. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that's about, but yeah. So Maggie still has a couple of people. Yeah. And so, and then the, you know, we also have the interesting scene with Gabriel and the other priest guy, or I guess the equivalent. And they have this interesting little chat. And Gabriel's like, you killed children like you killed. And the guy is like, oh, you know, every nobody is above redemption or nobody is. So, you know, like, like you sh- you haven't you can't hear God anymore. And Gabriel's kind of like, yeah, no, and takes him out. And that's a very different Gabriel than we have seen. Um so that was a pretty significant interaction between those two. And it's um, it, like Angela, Angela Kang says too, it's something that they've been developing over the course yep. of uh, after season 10 ended, we got those bonus episodes and earlier in this season, they are working on his character. And you know what? Seth Williams deserves for have, to have his character developed more. Yep. Uh, he was always kind of just a punching bag for, for the show for many seasons. And so I'm really happy to see it. Yeah, and he's badass. Like he just goes and he takes that guy out. Then he goes up, takes out the sniper. Um, and that was like a kind of a cool thing that they did where, you know, you don't I, I was hoping this was becoming, but I wasn't sure. Um, but they have the confrontation between Maggie's group and the Reapers and Leah. And Leah's like, Oh yeah, we have the upper hand on you. And this is the interesting thing in the part that I'm like, oh, I'm not like Leo and, and Daryl knows better. So this is like a kind of a thing like Leo is definitely going to kill all of them. Um, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, she, she basically says, Oh, shoot, shoot the woman first. And there's like a little fake out there. And it turns out that it's actually Gabriel. Um, and then, so it, indeed the tables turn and um, I do like the interaction between Negan and Maggie here uh, at the um, at the grave no before before like because Just him looking at her watching her yeah he's looking at her but <clears throat> she looks at him about what she should do now that they have the upper hand and he's like you know what i think and she does and you know i thought she got her cue from elijah there not from negan she did but she asked negan and oh, he does that. say he does say you know what i think and you know he has said all along then they just need to take them out because 
remember his response to Maggie about what he would have done differently. And he's like, I should have just killed all of you. Right. And that's like she knows what he thinks. And, you know, <laughs> he's not wrong. Um, and so she does that or tries to do that. Um, I don't like do you think that Daryl would be this? I guess he he's just a different thought process here. And I guess maybe he's got still feelings. But having seen that Leah takes out Pope or whatever, you know, and then tries to blame it on him and tries to, like, do all of this other maneuvering and was clearly going to kill them all. Do you think he would have let her go? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because I think he is he's not stupid. He's aware of how cutthroat the Reapers have been. Yeah. Um, like they're standing in the in the remains of a settlement that was probably had dozens, if not hundreds of people. So it's uh, it's pretty weird. Yeah. So I don't know about that part. Um, and then, you know, Maggie, like, that's the thing. It's like even in. So when you see sort of the recap, just like the Wikipedia recap, it says that she kills them all in a vengeful way. So I don't think she's killing them in a vengeful way, honestly. I think she's just like, I can't have these people be a threat to my people anymore. Um, so she's taking them out. Um, I don't think that it was. And, you know, this is to the to the Negan's point when she does see him a bit later. Negan's just like, yep, uh, I see who you are. <laughs> and and he sees what she will do to to protect the, her people. And. Um, she does take a cue from Elijah and he has been so hurt. His sister was killed. Um, and she's basically, I think she feels as a leader that she needs to do this as well. Um, so, so she, she's taking care of business on this level and then goes, and I don't know like that anybody really thought Alden would be alive. Um, maybe she did, but I don't, I think she was hoping, but I think that he was so hurt that there was probably no chance of that. Um, yeah, but, I'm trying to remember even where his stab wound was. I think it was torso. Yeah, it was torso and belly. I think it was like pretty bad. Um, when she so, gets there, there's another guy in there uh, who's also a walker and he's also dressed as a reaper. What Do we yeah. know what the story was with that? I don't remember that. So I was going to like, I don't know that... Um, I don't recall that he was in there with them. Maybe I'm like misremembering, um, you know, like that was, was there another Reaper in there with him? Cause I thought he was like blocked in. So maybe yeah, there was, he was, it must just be somebody else who was like a loose end that the, the story had to, you know, figure out. So, but yeah, so apparently either there was a fight that he lost or they took each other out mutually or the zombie came in. I don't know, but the, they left a little bit there un, untold and that's fine. At the end of the day, Alden's dead. Maggie's upset. And yeah. with Alden dying, Megan is the last savior that we know of. She's kind of crazy. Oh, okay. I, there was at some point. Okay. So other people had this question too. I just found it. What do you find? So basically at some point, he engaged in a fight with an unnamed reaper, even though he had barricaded the church door. So somehow maybe the reaper got in there. Um, so he engaged in a fight with the unnamed reaper, which caused him to have his throat slit. Um, and although he like succeeded in killing him, he had of course been reanimated at that point. So Maggie takes care of business. 
Um, I still stand by my thought that Alden's wound was pretty, pretty rough. So I don't know. In any case, she she's burying him. And during after she's finishing burying him, Negan comes to basically um, it's an interesting scene between them. Um, but basically saying, hey, I think at some point, no matter what you promised, you're going to do what you need to do. And I respect you for that. And there is definitely a moment where she thinks he's going to like kill her. There's also uh-huh. a couple there's one or two moments in this episode where the old uh, will they won't they uh, bedroom oh, yeah. eyes are made at each other. Uh, and it's usually I think it's it's usually coming from Maggie to me get to Negan where it's like just after a big fight and they're like helping yep. each other stand up or something. But they make eye contact and they move toward each other just a little too much. So I'm like, oh, is it is it are we could we? Oh, but yeah, no. there's there's that energy. So even though he's saying this to her, even when and when she said, you know, when she asked him what he thought and he goes, you know what I think. There is a moment between them where I was like, okay, because he and even when she's taking out the Reapers in that way, there is a look on his face that is like that is so hot (laughs) like that is definitely there. Um, And so, you know, so he is taking off. But but I mean, I think everybody obviously knows that that's like TBD, right? Is there a spinoff with Maggie and Negan? There is, there is, and they've announced it. They're coming to New York, so I'm pretty psyched because maybe that means they're going to be filming here, so that's pretty exciting. Um, But but they are building something there. What what we don't know yet, but it's definitely there, I think. Um, So we will have to see what happens. Um, And then um, everybody that is left of Maggie's team so it's not that many people. It's like Maggie, Daryl, um, Elijah, Elijah um, Gabriel. And, and Gabriel. And that's it, right? I think so. And they're coming in and, you know, the Alexandrians are basically like, oh, are, where's everybody else? And you see Thomas Howell dead. The kid. Everybody's dead. Dead. Yeah. And but the interesting. So they come and they have food uh, Daryl gets reunited with Connie. Um, and that's an interesting reunion. I thought it would be a little bit more, you know, drastic that reunion, but it isn't. And then, you know, he's, he's signing, he seems pretty happy to see her, but you know, does, I felt like that would be a little bit more of, of an overwhelming reunion since, you know, everybody thought she was dead. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, we also see the community and what, you know, it's in ruins and in tatters. Um, everybody, but they even have like dog eating an apple. So now they have food. Um, it was a mission and- accomplished. It was kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition of they did the thing that they set out to do. They just came back with less than half the people that they went with. And that right. that's, you know. That sucks. <laughs> so, well, right, but Gabriel, still pretty beat you know, down. they even say, look, they sacrificed so that all these people could live. And that's where they're at. Maggie is a triumphant leader returning because she's at least brought food, although it feels like a bittersweet victory, obviously, because they've lost so many of their people still. Uh, and look at the community they're coming back to. Like, how do you rebuild that? Um, the resources, like, even with, even the food that they bring back, like how are they going to that's it still doesn't seem like a lot of food. Yeah. They just got to um, get to pickling, too, because it's a lot of fresh produce. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, so you've got that part and then the big cliffhanger ish here. Um, and so this is the part where 
I have some questions and I do understand why maybe they fast forwarded it because they got to like get through the season. But um, this this is the part where Eugene arrives with the Commonwealth soldiers and Lance Hornsby. And it's such a weird thing to even see Lance Hornsby, who's the spokesperson guy and is like very clean suit um, to see the Commonwealth um, sort of security task force, whatever they are, enforcers um, in their very clean and honestly like coordinated armor. And they this is the thing. So they come up and Eugene's like, oh, yeah, they're here to help. And you see like the varying expressions on everybody's faces when Lance is talking, because this does not look like somebody who is struggling. So there is a promise like and he says this thing like, oh, we see what you built here as it's like he's standing like in front of a background of just absolute ruination. Um, and, you know, says they'll give them resources to rebuild and all that fun stuff. But then he's like, but then I have another more interesting offer. And obviously he's going to offer to have them come back to the Commonwealth. Um, and then that's kind of it. And then they fast forward to six months later and we see Daryl with Commonwealth soldiers, like saying that he needs to come in because Maggie has a community in Hilltop, I guess. Yep, They've rebuilt it maybe. Yeah. You get and- kind of a view over the, over the wall. Like I don't remember if the manor, if they've put something on that site, because everything was burned, like yeah, everything was burned down. So going so, back to Hilltop does not really make sense to me because that site, unless it, it maybe it had a well, I think it did have a well. So if there's a water source, sure, you could build something around yeah. it. And but, there's a lot fewer people, so maybe it's just easier to to build for them, especially if a lot of people have gone to the Commonwealth, which is implied by the fact that Daryl is leading these soldiers. And we do find out more in the next episode. Um, but they say six months later. And so suddenly we're like, okay, so what do we need to catch up on? And so, and then they hop to 30 days after the Alexandrians have entered the Commonwealth. And, you know, this is, this is sort of where I have some criticisms, which is that you have this group of people that have been living such in such desperate straits. Um, I, I, like, I just feel like there's a lot going to be a lot more adjustment. Like there's certainly relief, but there's a lot more adjustment. First of all, being around these people in the way that they're living here. Um, there's definitely like this weird thing where you've got such a, an embarrassment of riches that they have not seen for such a long time that I feel like there would be a lot more sort of like like shell shock or a culture shock or something about being in this community. Cause it's only been 30 days. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and they all have kind of like quote unquote new jobs and we saw the process. So I do think it was a clever way so that we saw what Eugene and Kumiko and everybody else went and princess all went through. So we knew that that happened. So they're assuming that we remember that the sort of like, I didn't remember that. I find it kind of absurd that someone with the skills that Magna has, which is like basically a lethal killing machine, and they make her a waitress because that's what she did in the old times. Well, I think that they probably gave her an offer to join the force and she said no. And that is implied um, when she has a conversation with Rosita later. Um, So I think maybe Magna made that choice, Um, but it's not a great choice. And then we've got, um, you know, I, I also think that it is kind of funny and I did like this touch. But whenever Carol is baking, 
that is a dangerous time for all around her. Um, Cause usually she's doing that as a way to either kind of infiltrate something or get information or do something. It's never, it never ends well when she's baking. And so she's like b- working at the bake shop again, same thing. Um, which is unclear whether she may have been offered to do the, uh, to be in part of this force or whether she's deliberately masking and hiding um, with Carol, I suspect hiding, um, but we'll hopefully find out more later. Know, that exchange she has with Daryl at the beginning of the episode where she's like, maybe, maybe we don't have to do anything to make this place work. And, and Daryl's the one who's like, no, we always have to. And then she has to go on that whole mission to get right. uh, Ezekiel to the front of the surgery line. Um which is like, that's the Carol we expect. But at the beginning of this episode, she gives, she feels, it seems as if she is finally letting down her guard, like, and maybe not in the Carol way that we've seen her do it before by putting on a sweater and a smile and making, making arrowroot cookies. It, it maybe, but I still have a, suspicions. Um, well, she's clearly but, still got her skills. Like she yeah. goes on a mission to just get French wine, whatever whatever wine to get Ezekiel to the front of the line and clearly still cares about him. Um, I like how they do have an interaction between her and Ezekiel and they're kind of, you know, not, they're, they're very comfortable with, with each other. It's not clear if they're totally, I mean, they're pretty cozy. It's so he maybe, seems to be completely fine being around her now, whereas yeah, he was so miserable. He, yeah. So I'm not sure where they're going with that, um, but she's also coming to some kind of a peace uh, with her son's death um, so much so that Ezekiel gives her back the box um, that had all of his precious things in it. So, so there, that's an interesting thing. Um, we've also got Daryl who's really trying, you know, he is clearly somebody who has been a leader. Um, he goes off on his own. That's his MO. And in this case, he is being told that he's got to do more teamwork and play the game basically. Um, so you know, we've, and we've got, we see like, um, we see him basically having to rein in some of those instincts. Um, both he, Rosita seems to be a little bit better, um, during their training sessions or whatever they call their boot camp, right. Um, at, at playing this game. Um, but she was also part of a military unit before so probably yeah. understands it a lot better than he does too right she understands what this means and i think gets the the nuances right a little bit yeah, more yeah. than he does remember daryl never <laughs> daryl didn't do anything like this before this is like an incredibly different thing um and you know that's i feel like that's kind of an interesting um storyline to tell right um and daryl getting notes from mercer because mercer's kind of like hey you this is the these are the things you've got to do and you know rosita is very supportive of daryl so even even to the point when they have to go and sort of somehow back up sebastian who wants to pretend he can kill zombies like that's like an odd thing um and then daryl kind of embarrasses him in front of his mom yeah. uh, well he embarrasses himself i think well, he does, but he feels like Daryl has embarrassed him. And so then that, that guy is named Sebastian, you said, uh, is is yeah. a problem. Like he's going to be he's going to be a problem. He's going to yeah. be he's already a problem. Like he's like Eugene got in trouble with him already for saving him from zombies because he got yep. blood on his date's dress or something. Yeah, uh, he is going to be definitely a problem. So is so is um, 
the governor or whatever her name is. Yep. Uh, Pamela Milton. Uh, we already we already get little notes on her. Connie. And this is the interesting thing. Connie apparently used to be a reporter. We find out like sort of prior things that people used to do. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that apparently Connie got Pamela Milton's uncle kicked out of Congress and Pamela Milton's dad was a president. We're talking about like a family that clearly this is like a Kennedy like or a Bush like Mm -hmm. um, family that's been in politics. Um, So that's implied. And there's definitely a lot of elitism and different like strata of this society. Um, I guess my thing is, is that I just still feel like there's a lot of um, questions I have to support such a community and that you would be able to keep this sort of going um, just all the things that we're seeing. Oh, yeah. We need to see more of the back side of, of how this all right. we've seen main street a few times, like enough main right. street. Let's see the farmer's fields. Let's see the mill district. Let's, let's see how they're like making all this work. Like how are they making their ammo? We need to actually see some of the industry that makes main street here, uh, especially when they also imply that there are thousands of people in the Commonwealth uh, we there's there's more work that, that could be done here, I think. Yeah. And I mean, we also have Tommy, who is uh, Kumiko's brother, who had been hiding that he was a thoracic surgeon and now he's working as a surgeon. We don't know how that happened. Um, but now, you know, he makes a comment during this party with the governor that um, there he had made a deliberate choice because he found this to be absolutely distasteful, that this, there was like the haves and the have nots here. Um, and then we learn a lot more because somebody has infiltrated the party. This is a guy, Tyler, who uh, Princess had actually beaten up and apparently because of that has been demoted. Um, and I thought he was made into a waiter. It was unclear to me. Like, And then later they say that he somehow infiltrated the party. He almost takes out Max, who is uh, the governor's right hand woman. And uh, like there is like a, a confrontation And then there is an implication that there is a resistance and that it's a lot and that people are are definitely not taking some of this line down, basically. And but then there is a manhunt for Tyler and we have Rosita, who's supposed to be basically interrogating uh, Magna and finding out how the guy got in and all this other stuff. So. There is like this veneer of wellness here that isn't and and but there is a grossness here, too. Like, it's just kind of weird that you have this whole party going on um, and that people can take part of it by winning, quote unquote, the lottery so that they get to hang out with these people in the higher higher ups um, in the higher echelon, I guess, of this society. Um, So. That is you know, it's hard for me to think that Daryl and some of these others, Rosita included, would be so accepting of this. Um, but maybe we're waiting to see more. Maybe they're trapped. I mean, we also have a lot of people that they love here. I mean, you've got, um, I mean, you. It's, it's, you know, Ezekiel. It's like a lot of our mainstays are in this thing. So maybe there's a danger to them if anybody, as we've seen, if you don't fit in here, there are repercussions and pretty swift repercussions. So it's hard to tell whether they actually are into this or just kind of playing along. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts about this? I had some strong Romero vibes from the party. Um, 
and, yeah. and the, you know, the, the class struggle that they're setting up. Um, and I think it's really interesting to have our cast uh, of heroes spread out through, you've got, is it Yumiko or Kumiko? I thought it was Yumiko. Oh, sorry. I thought it was it's Yumiko. <clears throat> you know, you're right. We've screwed it up so many times and now I don't know. Yeah, it's, it sorry. Is Yuma, yeah. It is Yumiko, right? Yumiko sorry about that. is sorry. among the elite, right? So she's, her and her brother, they've got these skills, like being a lawyer is actually valuable. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they've yep. got these skills that are valued in this society. So they are elites. And then you've got the magnas who are, uh, you know, scullery maids or whatever. And then you've got your, your enforcers uh, and, and like merchant class, I guess, which would be your uh, Carol's and Ezekiel's per- perhaps. And I don't know what um, Eugene is doing in this community, but he's, he generally has good skills that he should be applying other than just going to Alexandria. I don't know what, he, what they've got him doing as a job. Right. <laughs> He was in so much trouble last time we saw him. I thought that like it seemed like he was maybe not gonna, not going to get out of the doghouse anytime soon. But yeah. we, our cast is nicely spread out through the different uh, casts, uh, you know, with a, yep. with an E. Um, that I think any sort of class struggle storyline will have built in dramatic tension just among our core cast, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And you even see and apologies. It is Yumiko. <laughs> and she's um, so even though she has these skills, she's like doing things like paying the staff at this party, um, which I thought was weird. And she and, you know, she and Magna have like a look at each other. Um, and we know like that is a very that's going to probably be something we will explore later is my guess. Um, Cause Yumiko is now in this, this strata and same thing like Magna is like at probably the lowest part of this. Um, and her words with Rosita tells you that maybe she did make a choice not to participate in this. Uh, and we do see the different, like uh, in the background, like Daryl's waiting to get this job um, as one of these enforcers and, and his apartment. Like I thought that was a really terrible. interesting scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so loud in there. And uh, they talk about like, oh, these walls are paper thin. I didn't sleep at all. And, right. and, and uh, Rosita has like a throwaway line with him on their way to their, their that training mission they did, mm-hmm. which is like, it's so weird to have to worry about money again. Yep. And, I, and I agree. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You guys should feel like that isn't something you have to work, uh, work on right now. It's funny that, um, the Commonwealth is a capitalist enclave instead of being like, you know, we've seen a few other kinds of, uh, of communities come up, but it's usually like work for participation. Bartering. Yeah. Or, or, bar- or a barter system or the mm-hmm. points system that the saviors had, which also set up some inequalities. Right. But these guys have just gone with straight up capitalism, right? They had everybody turn in any cash that they had when they, when they arrived yep. last season. So it, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where, what else they do with this uh, allegory. Right. I mean, and, and in some cases, goods do get you places. I mean, we see that Carol goes outside the walls. She sees that they want wine. She finds wine. She brings it back. I like that she keeps a bottle for herself um, or more, probably. And so, you know, but but overall, yeah, they have a cash system in place. Um, that line that Rosita has about it. Um, and we also see that Daryl has Judith and and. Um, and and uh, RJ um, with him and he desperately wants to give them better stuff and ask them if they want to stay. And when they say they want to stay, I think that then he goes all in and you see him making different choices. So he allows Sebastian to bring Tyler back as pretending he captured him. I think everybody understands the reality that Sebastian didn't care, 
capture anybody, but they let him go through this theater and he and Mercer exchange a look. Um, so, and then we see later on the episode that he, they, they are in a new, better apartment. Um, he, Judith has a dress on, um, he's wearing the, the uniform and he also has bought her a record player. And before she did not have money to even buy an album and was gifted a Motorhead album. And then for the second time, again, we see them use a song. So they are definitely using all their budget for different things here. But it's a Motorhead song um, that's pretty significant. Um, you know, what's the refrain in that? I, I'm forgetting. It was it's, something that it's, it made a lot of sense. It's like eat the rich. Oh, eat think, the rich. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and there's a little like um, montage where they're like raiding um, the, what suppo- where supposedly they got a tip where the resistance are. They see propaganda. Um, they see all this stuff. I think this is supposed to be uh, that kid's house, the the one who Maybe. made the fuss. I mean, that's what Angela Kank says in the. After, oh, okay. After I didn't credits. catch. I didn't catch that. That's what it was. I thought maybe they got more intelligence, but that makes. I guess that makes more sense. Um, and there's just a lot of different propaganda there. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that later. But um, I do. Th- I do like how they set everything up here and uh, th- compared to what we saw in Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, let's let's compare and contrast a little bit. Because- I mean. This makes sense to me. They're they're building up different tensions. They're building up different storylines. We see, as you said, all of our our sort of mainstays, um, other than Maggie for the most part, are here and are in different parts of this community. Um, we're also seeing consistency for the most part with how they've been written. Like right. Rosita has gone through some stuff uh, over the course of her career on The Walking Dead, but this like feels like Rosita could be taking these actions. Daryl has, they've developed his character. They've given him the responsibility of these two children who aren't his uh, to raise. And he is, he's stepping up in a way that makes sense according to the way his character has been developed. And you just see more consistent writing and a a through line with these, with with this cast, than you do with Fear the Walking Dead. And I think that's at this kind of at the heart of the problems with the other show. It is. It is. And, you know, even with characters that we don't know as much about Mercer, Tommy, um, the governor, Sebastian, these are still very consistent things that we're seeing um, with how their characters have been written and what we know about them to this point. Right. So we didn't even know that much about the governor before, but we started to get an idea. And they really like brought it home here, just even in the little speech that she gave, even in how she dealt with um, the the resistance person, like with uh, Tyler getting in there and, and how she talked to him, um, kind of putting forth what her propaganda was. Um, Lance Hornsby, we saw him during the interactions with Eugene and Princess and others. And then we see him dealing with carol all these are very consistent in what we know about even the minor characters Mm -hmm. so it's just to me a very a much better form of storytelling and it makes sense um and i think we can already see where some of these storylines may go in this season and it's even tied in you know i don't think it's shocking that maggie would not take the offer to come here um so so i'm really Kind of like by comparison, I really did enjoy it Um, as I like the only thing that I would like to see a little bit more of how this whole community works versus just seeing sort of the end results. As you and I were saying before, keeping a 
community like this going takes vast amounts of resources and people. And so I wonder if we will be seeing maybe a very an even lower case in the system where they're like the people that are harvesting food, right? Yeah, you got to have the workers. The workers have to be somewhere. Right. We, and we, we don't see a lot of that. that we've, yeah, we've seen basically merchants and some service people, but merchants and uh, elites and, and the military. Right. So it feels like there's got to be more to this and maybe they are waiting to do a big reveal of that. So I hope so, because I'm kind of excited to see that, which will make this even more honestly despicable that there's there's people in such a bad place in this society. Um, so. So, yeah. So that's sort of my take on it. Um, I don't know that I have all that much to add. Um any other, any predictions for the next episode? Oh boy. So yeah, Sebastian's going to get Daryl into some sort of escapade. I feel like uh, yeah. he's going to put Daryl into a position where he has to make a moral decision yep. and he will probably not. I, I don't know. And maybe that could go either way, but yeah. So Daryl's going to have to make a choice at some point that Sebastian forces on him and maybe it'll put, put Mercer in an antagonistic relationship with somebody on the cast. They're, they're really trying to ship him and Princess, which I like and I don't want. I want Mercer to be a, a good guy and a friendly, but he's he seems like a formidable dude. And so I feel like he would also make a good uh, antagonist. Um, and the, you know, like how deep are his roots with Lance Hornsby and, uh, and the, the governor? Hornsby is also going to be another thorn in the side of everybody because he clearly like they're not hiding the fact that he is an ambitious man. Oh, yeah. And and is not satisfied with his uh, status like he wants. Well, more. and I also think well, so I like how they're ship. I do like kind of how they're shipping Mercer and Princess because Mercer has made comments and like he has made comments to multiple people just about the decisions and the things that he has made and the things that he lets go. Basically, to keep a society going. And this is what he basically said to Daryl, which is, Hey, you've got to fit. You've got to figure this out because this is a good thing and you don't want to ruin it. Um, But you can also see that he is troubled by how he is treated um, by the governor, by others. Um, He, you can sense that there is a great deal of sympathy with what happened to Tyler. Um, So I wonder if he will maybe join forces with them, but it could go either way. You're right. Um, He could become, their enemy. Um, but I kind of feel at least at this point, they're hinting that he may turn and maybe it's him that makes the decision about Sebastian because Sebastian really does have a truly punchable face. Oh God. Um, so they, he plays, I have to say he plays this so well. Yeah. Um, he is incredibly unlikable and horrible. And I thought that in the episode with Eugene. <laughs> so I have to hand it to him. He plays this like horrible character to the hilt and does a really good job at it. So, I'm wondering, but I agree, he's going to have to be the pinnacle of something bad, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see what happens here. And, um, you know, my guess is, is that whatever's happening with Maggie is that they are hiding somebody within the walls of Hilltop or they're doing something that is um, that there's something that our Commonwealth does not agree with um, in terms of how they're managing themselves. So I guess we'll have to see what happens, but I, I am, but you know, contrary to how I felt about the other one, I am pretty psyched. Um, I, I did not go forward in these episodes, even though I very much wanted to, and I had to actually like stop myself. <laughs> so, oh, same. Yeah. I, 
I, I'm I'm eager to keep watching this. Yes. It's, it's it's so weird to go from one show in this franchise to another and have such a night and day re- response to it. Um, and I don't know. It's it's very it's it's kind of surreal. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, that's all I have to say. I'd love to hear what what our listeners think. If you have any comments about these two episodes, uh, send us an email, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a note on our site, reanimatedpodcast.com, or you can tweet at us, reanimatedpcast. Um, And until next time, ciao. Thanks for listening and bye. Bye.